You're listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. For more information, please visit our website at everynationgta.org. Good morning. My name's Sheila. I am so glad you joined us this morning as we continue our fall series, Counterculture, where we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit as recorded in Galatians chapter 5. Before we get to our message today for your entertainment and amusement, and because we're going to be talking about kindness today, I have a little cartoon for you. Compliments of my son, Luke. Do you have like a GoFundMe or anything? The 2022 OK Samaritan. Well, enough of that. On to our message today. Um, the Apostle Paul, in the letter to the Galatians, described what the work of God looks like, the work of his spirit looks like in the life of the believer. And so far we've talked about the fruit of love in our lives, of joy, of patience, of peace. Today, we're going to talk about kindness. In fact, we're going to look at kindness over indifference. From the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, Paul used um, some descriptive words about our life with and in the Spirit. And he said things like this, walk by the Spirit. In other words, the very path that you're on, the path that you choose to, to take, walk by his spirit. Paul also wrote, be led by the spirit, the direction, the one you follow in life. Let that be the spirit of God. How about live by the spirit? What do your daily practices look like? And keep in step with the spirit because he's on the move. He's on the move in your life and in mine. So today, Kindness over indifference. What is indifference? Here's a definition for us. A lack of interest, concern, or sympathy. A lack of interest, concern, or sympathy. Currently, sometimes I feel like there's a pendulum swing from in society from indifference on one side to maybe outright hostility on the other side whether there's no lack of care or concern or else anger and blame and fault-finding for the ills of the world. We're just going to look at the indifferent side of it today. And we're going to think about, to start with, what has contributed to our indifference, to our lack of interest, to our lack of care, to our lack of concern, to our lack of sympathy or empathy for others? I think sometimes I'm just overwhelmed by information. The 24-hour news cycle, the um, what I see in my social media feeds, the crisis, many, many different crises going on in the world, continual reminders of need close to home and far away. Uh, loss, distress, sadness. And is it ever hard for you to care? Is it ever just, do you ever just start to feel a little bit overwhelmed and numb? How about, um, do you ever just think the the somebody, the consequences in somebody's life is because of their own behavior? Why might it be that sometimes we just feel indifferent to the pain, loss, and suffering of others. How do we resist and battle that indifference in our life? Well, today, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, 
kindness. Kindness is the remedy to that indifference. When I think of the fruit of the Spirit, I think of God, because these characteristics that Paul talks about in Galatians 5, and we're going to read them later, um, they're actually things that are who God is by his very nature. God is love, and God is patient, and God brings peace to us, and God is kind. So when God says, this is the fruit that I want to see in your life, he wants us to look like him. He wants us to act like him, and he wants us to reflect him to the world around us. So we're going to look at the Bible today, and we're going to consider kindness under these three headings. We're going to consider the kindness of God. We're going to consider our call to kindness. And we're going to work out the implications. Let's consider, to start with, the kindness of God. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says this, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and restraint? and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. Sometimes I think we get um, confused by language, maybe the language we use regarding salvation, where we say things like, I decided to follow Jesus. I put my faith in the Lord. Or maybe, maybe sometimes our upbringing has kind of messed with our thinking a little bit, that we think our actions, my right actions or my good deeds, made me acceptable to God. But Romans said to us, uh-uh, it's the riches of his kindness, his restraint, his patience, his kindness that leads us to repentance. In other words, that leads us to a place of life change where we can walk with God. Let's keep going. Titus, it's written like this, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might be heirs according to the hope of eternal life. His goodness, his kindness, his mercy is our hope and our justification. By his loving kindness, he's brought us into that relationship with him. One more scripture as we consider the kindness of God. Ephesians says this, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, through faith, this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. God is rich in mercy. He, he 
uh, extends his great love towards us. It is by his grace that we're saved, that we see who he is, and that immeasurable, immeasurable, the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What does God's kindness do? It draws us to him. Let's move on to our call to kindness, our call to kindness. You know, there's lots of kind people out there. Um, There's a few mean ones too, but I think most people would like to think of themselves as being kind. Uh, But what about our motivation for kindness? Have you ever considered that? I do. Um, What about the part of me that wants you to like me? So I'm going to be nice to you so that you like and accept me. What about the part of me that wants to make you happy? Uh, I think this has happened maybe over the years in parenting. You know, I want to want my kids to be happy. I don't want them to be unsettled. So maybe I'll be kind when maybe uh, when maybe that kindness isn't about. It's just trying to make them happy. You know what I mean? Uh, how about um, kindness so that you owe me something? Uh, if I do a good deed for you. Uh, maybe you'll feel indebted to me. I know culturally sometimes this can be maybe part of your culture, maybe part of your family culture. If someone does something to you and they say, oh, no strings attached, but you know deep down there's an indebtedness. How about I just need you to be grateful for me to me? Oh, I need your gratitude so that I feel good about me. There's lots of motivation for kindness. But you know, with God's kindness, who is benefited? When we looked at the kindness of God, who who benefits? Well, it's us. God extends his kindness to us by his grace for our benefit. What might our kindness in, in a like manner do for others? If we had that kind of Romans chapter 2 kindness of God, might it point people and lead people to Jesus? Galatians chapter 5, our verse that we've been using all month and last month, and it's uh, the fruit of the Spirit. But Paul wrote, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And then in uh, Corinthians, uh, excuse me, and then in Colossians, Paul wrote this to the church. He said, so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put on a heart of kindness. Put on a heart of compassion. Put on a heart of humility. I'm hearing some effort on our part. Maybe part of our call to kindness is a movement, a decision, some actions that we take to be compassionate and tenderhearted and care for others. How about Ephesians? Paul again writing to the church, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Our call to kindness. Paul repeats in many, at many times to the church, 
then and the words speak to the church now. Walk in kindness, grow in kindness, extend kindness, compassion, gentleness, love to those around us. And finally, from Galatians, but in the message translation, because this gripped me. Here's what it says. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure we do not hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Following the fruit of the Spirit, a couple of verses before, the message puts it in these words, don't just hold on to these beautiful things like kindness and goodness and gentleness as an idea in your head or a sentiment in your heart. But what does it look like to work out the implications of these things in our lives? What does it look like to look out the, work out the implication of kindness? So let's do that now. Let's work out its implications. I'm thinking in a world of indifference, in a world of hostility, in a world of crisis, in a world of pain, that our opportunities to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of kindness, the goodness of God, the kindness with no strings attached, is only going to increase in the days ahead, in the weeks ahead, in the months ahead. The kindness that maybe has a chance of pointing people towards Jesus, and I believe it does. You know, Jesus was a practical guy. He um, spoke to a lot of different things and how we relate to people. He said, for if you love those who love you, what benefit or what reward is in that? Um, he said, even, you know, evil people do that, love people who love them. He Jesus talking about relationships and how we relate to people around us. He said, do good and lend expecting nothing in return. He said, give to anybody who asks for, from you and whoever takes what is yours, don't demand it back. Jesus was a practical guy in how we were to treat other people. There was a, an expert in the Mosaic law who came up to Jesus and uh, he asked him what the greatest commandment was. And you might be familiar with this, that Jesus turned around and said, well, what do you think? And the guy said, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, Jesus says, you got it. Like, that's it. And then the scripture says something about that um, expert in the Mosaic law. He wanted to justify himself. He goes, yeah, but who's my neighbor? Okay. Yeah, he, he scored on the first one, and on the second one, it's kind of like he's trying to backtrack a little bit, but who is my neighbor? And then probably one of the most famous parables, the parable of the Good Samaritan. After that, Jesus tells this this story. And uh, funny, like years and years later, you know the, that term, Good Samaritan. We hear it from people who have no concept of God, the Bible, Jesus, or where that term came from. But Jesus had a beautiful story to tell and a sad story. He, um, As he told this story, the guy's injured at the side of the road and three people walk by. And the first two are religious leaders. And uh, I'm just wondering if the goodness and the kindness of God were just ideas in their head 
sentiments in their heart, but not the practice of their lives. Because seeing this man destitute, broken, beaten at the side of the road, they walked on by. And then the third guy who came by was who we still, we refer to as the good Samaritan. Samaritan because he was from Samaria, a people who were despised. And yet we see his act of kindness as he took care of this man. He bandaged his wounds. He took him to a place where he could be cared for, nursed back to health, all at his own expense. It was the foreigner, the despised one, who actually taught us a lesson in meeting the needs of the destitute and the broken. Jesus in Matthew 5, you know, it it was his Sermon on the Mount. He had so many beautiful and good things to say. And one of the verses in there, he says, let your light shine before men. Let your light, your good deeds, something of of the fruit that's growing inside of you because of God's Spirit, let it shine before men. Why? So that they can see your good deeds and not owe you something and not think you're a good person and not be grateful towards you. He said, let them see your good deeds so they'll glorify our Father in heaven. So final bit of scripture I want to look at today as as I come to somewhat of a close here. Um, there's a time also in the book of Matthew where Jesus is actually talking about the final judgment and uh, it's, um, he's talking about the kind of that judgment seat of God, and he refers to a separation of the sheep and the goats, and this is in Matthew 25, and uh, he's it says he's gathered the nations, and he's separated the sheep from the goats, um, and then the the king, who represents the father, says, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, and uh, Then Jesus says these words, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you, a stranger, and welcome you or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. As you did it to the least of one of my brothers. Way back, March 6, 2022, when we were having in-person services once a month at a church in Etobicoke called Humbervale, we were using their building. Bert, Pastor Bert, my husband, had a message. Two things he felt like the Lord was speaking to us as a church. And the message was called Moving Forward. And the title was Deeper Relationships and practical ministry, deeper relationships and practical ministry. You know, um, not long after that, or right in around that time, we learned about a family who 
was coming to Canada with nothing. And uh, we had this in our mind, practical ministry. Okay, God, where where are you going to give us opportunities? Like those Matthew 25 opportunities to give water to the thirsty, food to the hungry, take in a stranger, make room for someone in our lives and in our heart. And lo and behold, up came a family. Uh, who were moving here from another country uh, without jobs and without, you know, uh, the suitcases that they could bring with them, that was what they had. And uh, we saw that as an opportunity for us to put into practice that practical ministry. So some of us in the church, our small group and a few others, got to um, be kind of like the hands and feet of Jesus to help this young family get settled in our city. And uh, it was fun, and it was exciting, and it was feeling like, Lord, can we do more of this? Are there ways where we can reach out and practically help those around us, those who are new to our country, those who maybe are suffering and destitute here? You know, right now, um, if you read the news, food bank usage is up like 47% or something in the last couple of years. And um, five point some million, 5.8 million, including a whole bunch of children, are living in food insecure homes right now. And there's a half a million people in our province of Ontario who are on welfare. Um, Canada, in since 2017 has welcomed more than 100,000 refugees per year. And that's only projected to increase. Right now in the world, there's more than 100 million people who are displaced because of conflict, uh, persecution, human rights, religious violations, violence, 100 million displaced people in the world in 2022. Not to mention those around us who are suffering from emotional and mental struggles and concerns. So how are we going to overcome the indifference that we started talking out about? Or may maybe we're it's been a little hard to um, keep in a place of interest, concern, sympathy. How are we going to overcome that? We're going to overcome that with acts of kindness. Can we solve all the world's problems? Well, Andy Stanley, pastor from North Point Community Church in Atlanta, Georgia, has this famous and simple saying, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So there's a lot of need out there. But can you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone? Meet the needs of those who have maybe lost everything, who've come to our country destitute. Meet the needs of your neighbor who's lost his job. Meet the needs of those who are struggling with emotional or mental health issues. One act of kindness at a time. This summer... I listened to a podcast by Malcolm Gladwell, an author and journalist. Perhaps many of you have heard of him. He actually grew up about 25 minutes from the University of Waterloo in a little town called Elmira. Well, I listened to a podcast, and the podcast was called, I Was a Stranger, and You Welcomed Me. And he told the story of 
his parents and some of their friends in the little town of Elmira, Ontario. And the the little blurb on the podcast, it says this, Malcolm tells the story of how his parents and their friends sponsored three Vietnamese refugees in the aftermath of the Vietnam War. You know, Bert and I were teenagers, kids at the same time, and we remember churches all across Canada, the church that I grew up in and the church that Bert grew up in, sponsoring refugees to come to this country. And Malcolm wonders, do we underestimate the value of ordinary acts of kindness? Do we underestimate the value of ordinary acts of kindness? And I'm actually going to close with just one quote from this podcast. And I have to tell you, I've listened to this a few times, and every time I am moved. Because this group of people, what motivated them? The love of Jesus in their hearts. And Matthew 25, as you do for the least of these, as you extend kindness to the least of these, we're doing it unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I've listened to it a few times. I've cried every single time because I'm moved by the kindness of God extended to those in need. Malcolm says this, the biggest act we can perform for another is sacrifice, where we surrender something important for someone else, where we take a risk for someone else. The step below is generosity, where we surrender some share of our time or resources for another. Kindness is the entry-level caring. Kindness is just the temporary suspension of indifference. I hope something has stirred in you today. Let's choose kindness over indifference. Let's look for opportunities. Let's think and listen. Maybe there's a particular person you're thinking about right now. Maybe there's a situation where you could reach in and help. Maybe there's a desire stirring within you to seek out opportunities to do for another, to do for the least of these as if we were doing it unto Christ. Maybe it's time to pay attention for our opportunities to give food to the hungry and water to the thirsty and to take in the stranger. The needs are not going to diminish. I think the the state of our world right now, God's going to give us more and more opportunity. And so let's pay attention. Let's choose to care to show concern, to show sympathy, to express the kindness of God. Let's pray for opportunities. And I know that in the weeks and months ahead, we as individuals and as a church, as ENGTA, we're going to continue to look for and to fill the needs of those opportunities for practical ministry. And so if there's a next step that you're supposed to take, we have a next step card. You can go online and uh, you can go to everynationgta.org and there's a next step option. And you can fill out things like maybe you need to join a small group. Maybe it's time to um, follow Jesus. Maybe it's time to get baptized. But also maybe today the next step is supposed to be I want to link together with others in our church, in my small group to step into opportunities for practical ministry. Fill in the next steps card, tack a note to us, send us an email, hello at Every Nation GTA, but 
be looking for those places, times to extend practical ministry, to choose kindness over indifference. And now Jacob is going to lead us in one more song. You've been listening to a message from Every Nation GTA. Thanks for joining us. For more information, visit our website at everynationgta.org.